Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to The Scorecard. I'm Liam Flanagan, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Tuesday the 14th of June. Today, the golfing civil war well and truly underway, an AFL young gun set to accept a strike under the code's illicit drugs policy, and a fox wants his spot back in the State of Origin arena. But first... For the Socceroos this morning, the equation was simple. Go big or go home, baby. A World Cup qualification campaign that began with a win against Kuwait back in September of 2019 came down to this. A sudden death game against Peru with the winner headed to Qatar for the FIFA World Cup. Peru is dangerous. Yeah, they are. Ranked 22nd in the world, 20 spots above little old Australia. But it was the Socceroos who had the better of the first half chances, although ultimately it was tied at nil all at half time. And it remained that way after the regulation 90 minutes. So it was off to extra time. We need more time. And still neither team could find the back of the net. So just like in 2005, Australia's hopes rested on a penalty shootout. And Socceroos coach Graham Arnold made the ballsy decision to sub out Australian captain and our number one goalkeeper, Matt Ryan, in place of Andrew Redmay. So did it work? It's all on this for Peru. Alex Valera. the save. It's a save that means the world to Australia. It's a save that means the World Cup for Australia. They are going to the World Cup in Qatar. No one gave them much of a chance, but never ever right off the Socceroos. You bet it did. We're going to Qatar, baby. A fifth straight World Cup for the Socceroos. Ricky, sing the song. That State of Origin Game 1 nail-biter has left New South Wales facing some tough questions ahead of Game 2 in Perth on Sunday the 26th of June. And the biggest decision Brad Fittler has to make, to stick or not to stick. Can we trade? I don't trust these guys. Trailing 1-0 in the series and having made some difficult decisions to not pick Blues mainstays Jake Trebojevic and Josh Carr for Game 1, Fittler will be under enormous pressure to pick the right team for the now-must-win Game 2. And one of his castaways wants back in. Burton chipping over the top and a car flying onto it. What a combination they have become. After being dropped from the Game 1 team, many thought that Josh Adokar's off-season move from the Premiership contending Storm to the bottom of the ladder Bulldogs had cost him his spot for New South Wales. But last night, as the Bulldogs pulled off one of the biggest upsets of the year, defeating the Eagles comfortably 34-4, Adokar put on a clinic. Last play for the Dogs. It's Burton rubbering. Pressure here. Adokar wins the race. It's all the Bulldogs. It's a Bulldogs blitz. The Fox was back to his electric try-scoring best as he put an exclamation point on his performance with a third try. Gutherson intercept by Adokar. He'll race away. The Fox Now we wait to see if Freddie brings the fox back into the blues fold. Remorseful, embarrassed, and um, like you know, it's something I've got to live with, and you know, I own it. Like I don't shy away from it, but um, at the same time, it's hard to you know own up to that um, when it's such an embarrassing type of thing. But yeah, many things. um, 
sort of culminated in you know, poor decision making, as I said, but yeah, it was disappointing, and I'm disappointed in myself, so yeah. Western Bulldogs young gun Bailey Smith spoke publicly for the first time yesterday to the Herald Sun after admitting to having used illicit drugs after photos and videos emerged of him holding a small bag of white powder, believed to be taken last year after the Bulldogs' grand final loss to Melbourne. Even now, I haven't brushed my teeth in two days just because of this stuff, and I'm like, it does hit me, and I, I still get waves of, you know, chronic anxiety, and, um, you know, it's, I don't know, it's difficult, like nothing. I, I reckon I went... I don't know, days without eating, even brushing my teeth, leaving my bedroom, um, couldn't talk to people, uh, don't go on my phone or anything, but you know, that's just what it was, and I didn't do any training, anything like that. That's I couldn't even get out of bed to go to training. Smith is set to meet with the AFL's integrity unit today to learn exactly what his punishment will be, although many expect it to include a four-week ban and a significant financial sanction, as well as a strike under the game's illicit drugs policy. Right. And while Smith is owning his mistake and prepared to accept the consequences, Bulldogs coach Luke Beveridge believes the code's illicit drugs policy is a waste of time. I'm a big believer that it it should disappear and there's not many codes, uh, sporting codes in the world that have an illicit drug policy. You'd be surprised if Bevo's prediction isn't close to the mark. Golf's civil war is officially on. This means war! Over the weekend, for the first time in the history of the sport, the PGA Tour was forced to compete for the world's best players with the Saudi-backed Live Golf Invitational Series fronted by Australia's Greg Norman. I don't condone human rights violations at all. I I, I don't think it... I, I, nobody here does um, any, throughout the world. And I'm certainly aware of what has happened with Jamal Khashoggi, and it's I think it's terrible. I've also seen the good that the game of golf has done throughout history, and I believe that Live Golf is going to do a lot of good for the game as well. Phil Mickelson speaking about his decision to make the switch from the PGA to compete in the first Live Invitational event in London over the weekend, despite the questionable human rights records of the people bankrolling the event. Mickelson was joined by other big names for the event, including Dustin Johnson, Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter. But ultimately, it was South Africa's Charles Schwartzel who triumphed at the inaugural event. But a little tap-in for Charles Schwartzel. The 2011 Masters champion is our inaugural Live Golf winner. For his win, Schwartzel pocketed the biggest winner's check in golfing history, 4 million US. But at the same time, the PGA was holding the Canadian Open, at which PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monaghan took the opportunity to deliver a point-blank shot at the players who defected after a prominent 9-11 survivors group expressed their outrage towards the turncoat golfers. As it relates to the families of 9-11, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? And the Sages didn't stop there. Canadian Open winner Rory McIlroy took a not-so-veiled swipe at Live CEO Greg Norman when discussing his latest tournament win. Yeah, this is a day I'll remember for a long, long time. Uh, 21st PGA Tour win, uh, one more than someone else. Uh, that gave me a little bit of extra incentive today, and I'm um, happy to get it done. Yep, Tour win number 21 for McIlroy, which puts him one clear of a certain great white shark. And so the golfing civil war looks set to continue. This ain't over. And that is your fast, fun hit of sport for today. Don't forget, Game 5 of the NBA Finals between the Celtics and Warriors is on today. The series is tied to all, so today is a biggie. I'm Liam Flanagan. Catch you tomorrow on the scorecard. 
listener.